0: I am joined by author Ryan Gray, and we're going to be talking about addiction and recovery as he is 16 years clean. Ryan also has a book on the subject of recovery. He is also pursuing the behavioral health field, so we're going to be talking to him about that and everything that he's up to. He's going to be a peer support specialist. So, Ryan, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me, Curtis. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, thanks for having me come in.
0: Why don't you start off by uh, telling everybody a little bit about yourself?
1: Well, um, I am, like I said, you were saying, a peer sports specialist. Um, I uh, have a bachelor's degree in literature. Um, Identify as being mentally ill. I get you know um, disability. Uh, it's severe to the point of being a disability. Um, what else? Uh, I mentioned the book. book just came out. It's called uh, Twilight in York, Volume 1. And it is about the latter stages of addiction. Uh, right before I got clean, I was on and off the street, street for a while. Uh, and so it's, a, it's basically a, mem- a fictionalized memoir about that time
0: okay, well, I know that y- you are going to pursue the behavioral health field and you're going to be a peer support specialist so for those who don't know, tell them what a peer support specialist is and congratulations on being clean and the field that you're pursuing
1: yeah that um that my the last job that I had was was peer support i've had i was there i don't know how many months was I there for Maybe about three months, four months as a peer support specialist. Uh, a peer support specialist, what that what they do is you have to have a a minimum amount of time. Um, it's it's clean. It's if you have if you're mentally ill and or you suffer with addiction, um one or one or both. Um, that doesn't make sense, one or both. But if if I was to say, you know, I have schizophrenia. And I have two years or whatever clean, um, and you get a, you get certified, and your job is essentially to help other mentally ill and uh, people that struggle with addiction. Uh, so it's the idea that I'm drawing drawing on my own experiences as a addict and as a as a mentally ill person to help other addicts and mentally
0: ill people okay so, so kind of walk the listeners through your time where you were struggling with addiction you know j- j- just kind of tell us uh what that was like and some of the things that you experienced and went through when you were going through your addiction
1: sure um i, I guess just start from the beginning um i was di- diagnosed with depression when i was 16 um when I was 18, I went to college after high school. My first year, my first year in college, I got uh, straight A's. Uh, I I was drinking a little bit, um, not much that freshman year, but just but some. And I started also started smoking. Um, and my sophomore year, I started to experiment with marijuana and other drugs. Uh, and my grades went, went, went down, downhill. Um, it definitely worsened my mental health. Whenever, if I get, you know, if I, if I use or, you know, I get high, that, that, that always invariably uh, affects my mental health. Um, I've been psychotic before. Um, had a psychotic break where, where I was diagnosed with psychosis psychosis turned into schizophrenia. Um, the short version, short version. Um, I went through a lot, uh, went through a lot of hospitals in and out of homelessness. Um, and then in the, in my book, Twilight in York, uh, that's the, the days leading up to when I finally got clean in 2007. Um, and, after after york uh i had a i had i went to rehab and i had i don't know how many total years but i was in rehab that was twenty eight days then two and a half months of dual diagnosis um dual diagnosis is uh somebody who struggles struggles with both mental health and substance substance abuse issues um so i had a few months doing that. And then I had two years of inpatient, well, it was more like a year, year and a half inpatient, and then a transitioning home for another year. And then after that, I was in a group home um, for four and a half years. Um, And during those four years, yeah, you know, I went basically I went from I went from being on the street, being an, an addict, not having anything, not having a home, obviously home, um, not having really too many friends, uh, not going to school, not working. Uh and it, it was I just turned I turned it into a success story. Um, because I went through all of that treatment and you know, I was able to go back to school. Um Able to get my my bachelor's, you know, got a car, started working again, got my own got my own place. Um, started it started a pretty strict uh, daily writing schedule. Um, I started working at a grocery store. Uh, I I got a a small local publisher for my book. That's pretty much that's a period of about from from then to now it's you know, I don't know how many 18 years 18 years ago I, I started using and 16 years ago i approximately i got clean that's pretty much the whole the whole gist of it
0: at what point what point did you know that that you needed help and what what made you not not seek the help right away
1: well, my my parents were at one point they had to cut me off uh, financially and otherwise, and that was it. Did that because they they were trying to help me, and I had people trying to tell me that I had a problem for a long time before before I ever really considered it. I think um, it was probably when I hit bottom was when I realized it because uh, it got to the point where. I was living in somebody's basement and they, they were fellow addicts and they were getting evicted, which means that I was going to be uh, picked out of that house. And I was facing basically full fledged homelessness uh, on the one hand, or I try, you know, at least give it a shot, you know, just at least try what some of these folks are saying. And, you know, AA, AA and NA AA rooms, you know, um, so I, had, I had hit bottom, um, that's probably when I realized it, that, that I really did have a problem. Unfortunately, the statistics, the statistics are that most people, most alcoholics and most drug addicts, if they do reach out for help, it's not until they've, they've hit their bottom, and you know, really things can't really get much worse.
0: Well, what advice would you give to parents and family of active addicts or, or the mentally ill right now? What, what would you say to them? Hmm,
1: That's a good question. Um, well, to the parents, you know, I wouldn't give up. It, it, your, you know, your your son or daughter is not a statistic, and um, I eventually did accept the help that my parents were trying to so desperately, uh, get for me and, um, you just don't, you you don't want to give up on be, be supportive. Um, I think for me, it was, um, meetings, sponsorship and step work. That's, those are like the three main, some of the clients that I've had, um, you know, I'll just remind meeting you know, meeting sponsor step work and, you know, and and just keep doing that, you know, if you can get them. A lot of times it's easier if uh, an addict or an alcoholic doesn't, doesn't want to listen to the people trying to help them. Um, a lot of the time, a fellow alcoholic, which is why peer support is so effective, um, a lot of times... You have them talk to somebody with some, with sobriety time. Some, they have some of those, some of those barriers, um, you know, there's no, there's no ulterior motive. It's simply one, one addict helping another. Um, I would, I would tempted to say you can't force them, but that doesn't mean that that uh, you know like that they won't at some point accept help um one thing when i first got well not when i first got clean when i had a little bit of clean time i did a a, a 90 and 90 which is uh 90 meetings in 90 days um as a as a way to begin the process of recovery um Um, yeah, you know, it's, that's a, that's a tough question because you really want to help some, someone and often they have to, they have to do it for themselves and it has to be, them doing it for themselves has to be for their own, for their own reasons. Um, they have to, can't be, you know, motivated, um, you can't force them into, into getting, getting clean, fortunately. Um, but I mean, I meet people, uh, in, in the rooms all the time that, uh, you know, did go to, go to some meetings and, um, decided that they needed help. It's, it's a, it's a more, it's a more common thing these days. Uh, and it was that people, People are getting help earlier in the game.
0: Talk about the most difficult thing, in your opinion, about being mentally ill. What's the toughest issues or challenges that you face being mentally ill?
1: It's a it's a day to day thing. Um, if I if I was going to give advice about mental health, is your it's not everything, but taking your medication is is very important a lot of people don't don't want to take their medication or they'll take it for a while and stop taking it um the hardest thing it's a it's a day-to-day struggle um I, I experience um uh schizophrenia every day um hearing voices having delusions hallucinating um I recently actually it was kind of a humbling thing for me but I was I had a anxiety sort of a episode where I was ended up being in a, a, a hospital for a couple of weeks. And this was, this was recent. Um, I guess the hardest thing can be when you're, you know, you're comfortable and you're, you're doing whatever it is you do. You're working, you're, you're, you know, you're an art if you're an artist you're doing art music whatever it is that you do and then you can have something like what happened to me that anxiety uh if it becomes so severe that you that you're sort of like taken from the life that you're living and you're put in a basically need 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 inpatient treatment um the inpatient treatment is never fun. Having to go to the hospital is, is not, is never fun. So, um, I think it's, I think I, one, one, one day at a time. Um, I expect every day that, you know, I, I hope that i sleep through the night that, uh, my symptoms don't wake me up. Um, that can be difficult, but, um, it's it's the day to day everyday sh- struggle of, of just having to deal with the, the symptoms i think
0: what do you think was the most important thing that you was able to use to make your success or re- your recovery a success hmm just
1: kind of what i what i already said uh um And and not going too much. I don't want to delve too much in the um, the like. I can talk about sobriety and recovery, but as far as like meetings, um, having being a part of the recovery community, going to meetings, um, the support of the people around me. Uh, My family was there. I had counselors and social workers, and uh, at one point, I had a, a whole act team, which is, you know, people that are devoted to similar to what I was doing—the peer support, um, helping other people. Um, just you just get into a rhythm. Um, peer peer or not peer uh, support groups you know, reaching out and getting into the community a little bit. I would say like support groups pretty much.
0: Well, your book, can listeners get, get it on Amazon or, or where can they find the book?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah say Amazon. Amazon's the best place to, to find it. I sort of try to funnel. I mean, it's on, it's on different, um, it's on Goodreads or it's on a uh, like Barnes and Noble, but I usually tell potential readers the best way to get it is through Amazon.
0: If if you had to compare your book to any other book out there, what, which one would it be? Book or books?
1: Hmm. Well, my favorite writer author is uh, Jack Kerouac. Um, I try to emulate his writing style a little bit. Uh, he he uh, is known for stream of consciousness and his sort of his his invention, the spontaneous prose, which is sort of modified from from jazz. The idea of um, having like lyrical prose that is modeled after jazz. Um, his his writing style. Um, he um he died of he died from his alcoholism. Never he never uh got help. But um as far as writing style, I think I think that would be it. I've been compared to uh William Burroughs just for the the the, the honest the brutal honesty of the addict lifestyle on um, the street life. Um, also Charles Bukowski, uh, his, his sort of down and out lifestyle, uh, living by day, the, the drink, the alcoholism can't hold a job. Um, again, his home is on and off homelessness. Um, those any, any of those guys really.
0: Well, tell us about any upcoming projects that you're working on that the listeners need to be aware of.
1: Uh, right now I'm just I'm devoting a lot of my time to doing podcasts and blogs um, like this. Um, I have the second volume of Twilight in York. Um, I have it all written, it's written, edited, polished, proofread. It's ready to go. I just uh, I'm trying to find the right timing where I'm ready to release the second the second volume um that's my my main project right now is is uh starting to get the ball rolling on that one too because i don't want to have readers read the volume one and be like what the heck where's the where's the rest of (laughs) it you know so i'm biggest project is getting that second volume out there sometime soon
0: give out your website, your, your contact information so people can keep up with everything that you're up to. Uh,
1: I don't have a website. I was talking to somebody yesterday about it. My publisher said, uh, not to do, not to do a website. And, um, right now I just have the, the, uh, I can give my, my email, email and, um, social media, um, my email is r gray r g r a y at alumni. unca. edu, and uh, my name's Ryan Gray r y a n g r a y. So if you if you look for the um, I use I use Facebook to promote the the book. So you look me up on there. Um, Website might be a good idea, though. I, I was gonna do one, and my my sp- or my publisher said, unless you're unless you've got m- multiple books already out, there's no reason to have a website. But I think there might be a good idea to get one.
0: We'll close us out with some final thoughts, maybe. If that was something I forgot to talk about that you would like to touch on, or just send a final thoughts you have for the <laughs> listeners.
1: Um yeah it's uh i think a lot of parents identify addicts identify um but it's also it's a memoir it's a sort of an adventure um so you know it's not it's not just for for self-help it's also it's also a bit of a novel something anybody would want to pick want to pick up and read and um that was it i mean i think we covered covered some ground
0: all right ladies and gentlemen go check out that book if you know of anybody that's having issues with addiction check out the book follow rate review share this episode to as many people as possible so hopefully ryan can be an inspiration to them if you have any guests or suggestion topics see jackson102 at cox.net is the place to send them As always, thank you for listening. And Ryan, thank you for joining and being willing to share your story.
1: Thank you, sir. It's uh, Twilight in York. It's out. Go get it.
0: (laughs) For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream dream.